It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble. I think, you know, some of the Canadians that are at the top of their game or coming into their prime, though, they may choose to wait. A Third Down Gamble Quick Kick. Welcome, everyone, to Third Down Gamble's Quick Kicks. And today I have a very special guest, Vikram Kale, who now hails from Calgary, but has been through Saskatchewan in his life a few times. And Vikram, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me on, Don, and looking forward to it. It's been a while since uh, we've talked to somebody in Alberta. It's- I can imagine you have your choice of us uh, transplanted uh, rider fans to uh, to go with. There are a lot of rider fans around Canada, and I'm sure if I started knocking on enough doors, I'd find them. But uh, let's just uh, leave that be right now because my knuckles are sore from another project. So Vikram, uh, you're a huge CFL fan. Let's let's go back. Where did it all begin for you? What uh, brought the interest out of you? Uh, what about family and stuff? So I moved from London, England to bigger Saskatchewan in the early 70s, and I was already a sports fan through my dad in England. Different sports, of course, cricket, rugby, football, what we call soccer. And um, that, that, that continued when I got to Canada, but just with different sports, watching, watching the local teams. And so, of course, when you're in the mid-70s in Saskatchewan, uh, the riders were even more of the entertainment option than they are today. And uh, I got connected with the CFL by watching my beloved riders with the uh, old heroes, of that day with Lancaster and Reed and Campana and Dawson and and it continued continued very closely for many many years. There was a little breakup in the middle, which we can get to, but uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 a lifelong love affair. Well, that's awesome. Uh, what about the rest of the family? Were they big football fans when they got here? I mean, they must have been some sport fan when they were in England moving across. My dad was more of the sports fan than my mom and. He quite enjoyed a variety of sports. All types of athletics played a number when he was a kid. His his father was a, quite an accomplished athlete in other sports not really uh, native to Canada, such as field hockey was one of his big sports, and he was a boxer as well, my, my grandfather and, and my dad too. So he's interested in sports just from watching the athletic events, but I would say when we moved to Canada, his interest was in other sports, not the CFL. I just picked that up a little bit on my own and from you know the environment around me and what was on tv probably as well he maintained his love for sports and always has an interest in uh, tennis and golf you know some of the heroes uh, in those sports through the 70s 80s and it wouldn't be very hard to get him to to watch that stuff through the years but uh, i can't remember him really sitting down and watching the cfl he followed of course the uh, a little bit of what was going on if there was a big game or something like that but uh, it was probably more a function of the environment what was on tv my friends and my love of, of sports and growing up in saskatchewan two channels maybe three and uh, you know it just grew and being in saskatoon of course you know um i i don't know what my first trip down to uh taylor field was but i remember that being a big event to get in the car and go down or if it was a bus ride and you know, I didn't get to go to many games, but if I went every couple of years or something like that, I mean, it was it was just a big 
entertainment event. I mean, we didn't even have Sask Place or, you know, whatever, you know, all uh, the version of Sask Place. So concerts weren't big in Saskatoon. You had to drive to, I remember my first big concert was driving to Winnipeg to see the police. You know, these were big things to get in the car and go see things like the Riders or a concert in Edmonton or Winnipeg or Rider Game in, in at Taylor Field. So, and, you know, I followed the league very closely as a kid. I was, I was quite into the stats and pretty much knew the roster inside out and lived and died by it. And, uh, you know, there was a long gap. Well, no, there was not a gap because there was the, uh, there was the famous uh, Tony Gabriel catch that I had to, had to endure first. And I think that was my first exposure to what this relationship with the riders would be over the lifetime. I've often told friends that being a rider fan is like being in love with that person who you know it's going to be a little difficult. It's maybe going to be a little torturous at times. You may, you may think we shouldn't be together at times, but you just can't walk away. You're just completely infatuated and attracted, and you, you probably put up with a little more than others would. And that's what it's been. That's that's sort of what it was like. So seventy, you know, was it seventy seven with the Gabriel catch? Seventy six, seventy six. It was seventy six, and that was a that was an introduction to some heartache that would come. Uh, of course, it was uh, offset a little bit by the Ridgeway eighty nine, tri- you know, triumph, which was <laughs> got to admit, I wasn't necessarily expecting the fairy tale to end that way because of past experiences, and then. Uh, you know, the saddest story of all was, uh, you know, I've got to go to a few great cups. So the first great cup I go to was was a great story because that, that that was when it was in Regina and we were hosting it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the Baltimore Stallions year, I think. And it was also one of the colder venues and dates to hold a great cup. It was it was pretty bitter, but we got moved to the grandstand. So we got out of the wind. And um, we were dressed pretty warm. So that was a good Grey Cup, exp- novel Grey Cup experience. And I've been to a few others. But I, I was at the, uh, the one in Calgary where, where, we, where we lost on the 13th man call. And that was a bit of a sad story because, you know, I'm only about five foot five, So I was in the end zone that the kick was that, that where the uprights were at my end. So I, if you could picture me sitting there, standing beside a lot of people who would be taller than me, I saw the ball sail wide of the upright. I got up with with everybody else who was, which was the majority of the the crowd, to cheer. I couldn't see the flag on the field. It, everyone's taller than me. I mean, I I could not see anything. I'm just in a in a in, in joy. And for you know, I'm going to say 30, 40 seconds. I thought we won. Like I was honestly, my body was feeling the emotions of this great victory. And then as some, you know, it was more like a wave coming up because the people close to the, to the uh, field could see it. And then the people next to me started to react differently. And of course I still couldn't see cause they're all taller than me. And then I realized what had happened. And so that was like post-traumatic stress disorder for me. I really did. Uh, I really did have to suffer a little bit through that. I, uh, um, but uh, yeah, those are those are uh, a, a few memorable writer stories. But the the whole league to me is an important part of uh, any Canadian sports fan's life. For proper physical distancing, if you're close enough to shake hands, you're too close. The recommended distance in CFL terms is two yards. Don't get a no yards penalty. 
I watch that game on television, and as the kick is sailing wide, I'm seeing all these hankies go up, and I drop to my knees because, as you talk about the Gabriel catch in '76, as Ryder fans, <laughs> you know what torture is about to be unveiled. <laughs> I totally get where you're coming from on that one. And yeah, that must have been hard for you because then you get the announcement and suddenly they're moving up 10 yards. Yeah. And then, and, and you know, there have been a few instances like that that you watch other teams just have these most heartbreaking moments. And, you know, it can go back to other sports like Scott Hoke missing the three foot putt at the Masters. And it doesn't matter if you're a fan or not. Your heart just, if you're a sports fan and you've been an athlete, your heart goes out to them even if you're not connected or you're not uh you know a fan of that team and it had never really happened to me (laughs) you could count 76 a little bit but that was a legitimate play if you're an ottawa fan it's a great play a great execution all of that this was just heartbreak right and there have been other teams that have suffered heartbreaking things sometimes not necessarily due to a play on the field but to something else and uh, so now I had that in me and having the win a few years later cushioned some of the blow because, you know, we don't win the Grey Cup very often. I always joked with people, yeah, pencil us in every 25 years. Like, just go go engrave the cup right now, you know, 25 more and we'll be in there again. But we were really on a roll there in, the, in that seven or eight year period. It, although we had only two wins, it was a little bit of a rider dynasty if you compared it to our success in other. I mean. Was it four visits to the Grey Cup in a sh- narrow period of time? You had 2007, you had uh, 2009, 2010, and 2013. It's akin to what the riders went through in the six. They only came away with one, and that was the first one in 66 with Lancaster and Reed over Ottawa. As you mentioned, about every 25 years, the numbers seemed to match. <laughs> <laughs> And then we had this run where we were we were going to the finals, whether you're winning or not. But as fans, we, we got to watch Grey Cup with our team in it, which was not very common. So that was a, and and I chalk it up to this uh, this bit of synchronicity there that that was about the time that I moved to Sherwood Park, Alberta, and I bought a white house with green trim, and and then I, I'm not sure about that, but I really do think that helped channel some good energy. Well, let's dig into that. You you have moved around. How does that impact your your following of the game? It's been really cool because now I've lived in every major prairie city. What I call majors, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatoon, and Regina. I think it's very difficult to shed your childhood allegiances. And that's why I think these marketing programs that get kids involved in anything, uh, whether it be the end zone club and the kids, or if you remember Scotiabank's hockey college back in the 70s, I was a hockey college account holder and i still have a scotiabank account today right i have other accounts but i still have that original account all these years later same thing with my english premier league allegiances my favorite team when i lived in england was a team called leeds united which was a very much a powerhouse in in the 70s and disappeared from the scene came back a little bit but is back in the premier league for the first time in a in a while this year and here i am all these years later still following them and and wishing them the best and cheering for them uh, over all the other big top name clubs. It started with, and will always end with the riders, but I must say moving to Winnipeg, I had a very great experience in the city of Winnipeg. I, everyone says it's cold, but you know, it's not much colder than if you're from Saskatchewan. Sure, if you move from BC, you're going to find it difficult, but it was an easy move for us that way. We loved the people. One kid was born there, but my eldest was born in Saskatoon. And I remember taking one or both of them to their first CFL game, which was in the pouring rain 
with Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. Got some comp tickets from work. We didn't make a lot of money. Tickets for, for four were, were a treat. And I remember taking my kids to their first CFL game. I remember thinking that if I wasn't to cheer for the Riders, then, you know, there'd be a certain allegiance to the Bombers because the Jets weren't in the city when I, they were, that was about the 10 years that they were absent. But I would say moving to Alberta has been difficult, more difficult. I, I mean, to get connected to the Eskimos was difficult because of the history there. While we, we talk about the Labor Day games and the, and the Banjo Bulls and things like that, for me, the Eskimos were the hated rival and the dominant and the powerhouse in the early years when I was growing up. So there really wasn't much of an open door to become an Eskimo fan. There hasn't been the same thing here in Calgary for me. So I would say the door opened up for the Bombers as the second growing choice. Up for me, too. It was Edmonton that was always knocking Saskatchewan out, it seemed, in the West Final. And they were going to the Grey Cups and Saskatchewan wasn't. And it does make it harder to sort of have an affinity for a team that has done that to you repeatedly. And although my heart is clearly with the Rough Riders, I just want the league to succeed, and I'm sure you probably get to that. I really do, and, 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 and it's not just being a sports fan and winning my team. It is, it is wanting to see all those cities and all those fans have their team. And it's also because while I'm, I'm not a history buff or anything like that, I, I feel like it's a part of, our Canadian history and Canadian sports history, you shouldn't just hang on to something historic because it's been around. you got to hang on to it also because it's good and useful and productive and still in tune with the times. And I think the CFS still is. So, you know, it's for both those reasons, a bit of tradition and because it's still very uh, in sync with today that, that it should stick around. But I do think that the Grey Cup is one of the iconic events of Canadian sports and, you know, I've never really made a big bucket list of things to go see. I just enjoy going to see great events, uh, great places. But I would say I've been very fortunate to, you know, have got to a few great cups, along with what I would put as some other iconic Canadian sports, major sports events, like a Briar final or a Scotty's final. I haven't seen a Scotty's final, but I've been to several Briars. And, uh, you know, the Calgary Stampede is an iconic sports event. And uh, so these are up there for me in terms of some of the great, um, not just sports uh, moments and experiences of my life, but some of the great experiences of my life. Which is fantastic if you really enjoy sport and you get to go to these events. It's something that uh, you can cherish forever. CFL players all wear a face mask for safety. With COVID-19 on our field, we also need to wear our masks to keep everyone safe. Do your part. Be a team player. What was 2020 for you? No CFL. How tough was that on you? I don't think it was that tough because I expected the decision. I was actually quite surprised when other leagues were able to figure out solutions that have worked for the most part. So my expectations were low. They were slanted towards caution. And I just saw things shutting down. And being in, in, a, in a job where it's my part of my role to monitor how COVID's affecting our workplace and what decisions we need to make, and being part of the crisis management team, I was skewed towards being cautious and not wanting to put players or fans in jeopardy. That was my first concern. And I was when people started asking me, oh, does that mean they won't be back? That's where I really got worried. 
I was like, oh, what, one year, it makes sense. There's lots of other things that are decided to close down. It's quite understandable. There have been other reasons why sports events or leagues have had to close or miss a year or skip a year. Uh, that's not the end of the world. When people started saying, oh, do you think financially this is going to put them in a position where they won't be able to bounce back or may decide not to come back, I got, I got worried. I was like, that would be a loss for me, and I really hope that we can find a solution. But the, for, for one year, no, I thought if that was the right thing to do, um, I could live with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think they made the right decision, and they had to take that decision because there were so many uh, things happening that you just didn't know where they were going to land. You didn't know how everything was going to play out. And I think it's going to be say, similar to other parts of our life that's been put on hold. We're going to be more appreciative of it because it was gone for a year. I don't think the NFL and Major League Baseball will have the same kickback when they get to whatever regular uh, season looks like because they, they continued. But I think it's, it's the same as for people who will get to travel again. Their first trip in somewhat normal conditions again will be something that they have, you know, immense appreciation and gratitude for. And I believe it'll be the same thing when the first CFL games played, whether you're watching it on TV. For those in the stadium, I, I think it'll be a different experience. I, I, it'll be like watching, you know, your heroes return back to uh, <laughs> back home sort of thing. Do you think on opening day we're going to have fans in the stands or is that going to be a progressive Maybe nobody in opening night. I, I think the model that we've seen in the United States doesn't it serves as a pretty good model to come in with limited capacity, just like we're seeing at the malls uh, in many of the lockdown areas right now. You go at um, whatever you think it is a decent percentage to start with and, uh, and escalate from there. I think with some of the new news about new variants, it's hard to be terribly optimistic just because of a, But I think if we can get through those and, and the vaccine starts to take effect, We'll probably start with some limited capacity, and um, and then I'm hoping that latter summer, early fall, maybe more things, not not just the CFL, might be able to return to a little bit more full capacity. For me, though, it's great that they figured out a way to be around, which is the message that I think people like me wanted to hear. I hope that they can parlay it a bit into some renewed enthusiasm, maybe bringing a few new fans in, uh, getting people who are fans to be even more excited. Uh, I'm hoping that um, people realize that they maybe were in danger of losing something they loved a little more than the risks that were, I mean, it's hard to imagine the NHL and the N N NBA and the, you know, the other big leagues like that disappearing. So I don't think those fans had to contemplate that. I think our fans really had to think about that and it should be a little bit of, uh, not to take it for granted. How's that? You elocuted quite well that, yeah, it's just that appreciation. You, it's a bit of a scare because ultimately, yeah, 2020 was a really dire situation for not only the CFL, but for a lot of other elements in our life. The appreciation, I think, uh, I, I describe myself as probably being borderline apoplectic when the teams run onto the field for the first time in 2021. I think it'll be a I think it'll be a, a great sight to see, and uh, I hope that um, you know I hope we can do some things at those events to uh, recognize the fans that are you know st stuck with them, the players that have stuck with the you know with the league and um, come back to Canada in a lot of cases, and uh, maybe for a good chance to recognize some of the uh, special people in all those communities who were integral in the fight against COVID. 
Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio. Worth watching. For 107 years, every Grey Cup moment has included you, the fan. This is your league. Through fog and rain, in tragedy and triumph, you are the foundation of this league. Now take your place in history. Etch your name on the Grey Cup fan base. Become a part of the Grey Cup's legacy. Add your name and raise the cup.